you guys. <laughs> Guess what it is? Season two. <laughs> so as you all know, we just finished season one. We were talking about Letters to the Church by Francis Chan, and we are moving in to season two of Sundays at seven. And we are actually going to start something really cool tonight. We have a very special guest. Very so special. Stick around, and thank you for joining us for Sundays at seven. Alright, as you all know, we have a very special guest. We cannot wait for her to share her knowledge with you. So everyone, let's welcome Random Bush. Randa, can I just tell you all that Randa is a faithful listener to Sundays at 7? I am. Every week. We're always so excited when she, you know, brings it up in the middle of the week. Like, hey, listen to your podcast. And it's always good to get feedback. So. It is. And she's so supportive. So Very. thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, really quick, Randa, if you just kind of want to give us like a quick little blimp of your life. Just a quick 30 second. This is what you're doing. We actually had um, Randa's husband, James, on a couple weeks ago. We were talking about... The Good Shepherd. Oh, yeah. Chapter, the Good Shepherd chapter of Letters to the Church. So, yeah, we're really excited. We've been wanting to get Randa on for forever. So, Randa, take it away. Give us a little summary. Well, I'm so excited to be here. I feel so cool that I'm <laughs> on the Sundays at 7 podcast. I am nothing special but a mom to two little kiddos. I'm Riley, who's four. Riley, David, who's 19 months. Um, I'm a therapist. I work for a com nonprofit community mental health center, and I oversee some services there and provide consultation to counselors um, who are working towards supervision and getting licensed. And um, yeah, a small group leader for mm -hmm. our junior girls. Shout out, junior girls! Woo! Oh yeah, if you're listening. And they better yeah. be. And I would say I'm an Enneagram enthusiast, mm -hmm. not an expert. But it is exciting to me, and I like to learn about it. You're very knowledgeable in this. Though, yeah, so. for sure. Um, so, Randa just gave it away. We are doing... <laughs> no, we did not say at the end of the last episode. Um, but for the next couple weeks, actually not couple, it's going to be like 10 weeks, yeah. Mm -hmm. We are going to be talking about the Enneagram. So, for those of you who don't know what the Enneagram is, it is a personality... Uh, what would you call it, Randa? Like it's like a test that you take that there's one to nine numbers... And it kind of puts you in your most dominant personality number. Yeah, so it's just, it's like a diagram that mm -hmm. shows you nine different types of being in the world, and you have kind of a dominant one, and it tells you a little bit more about that and what mm -hmm. that means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna kind of um, we're gonna kind of go into every single number because we think that. This is not just something cool to learn about yourself, but it's actually a tool to teach you how to build up your relationships and kind of, you know, everyone responds to the world in a different way and everyone sees the world in a different way. And we learned that. We actually went to James and Randa's and we were doing a Bible study and mm -hmm. I'll let Kate talk more about mm -hmm. that. But um, we kind of learned that it's a tool. It's not just, you know, information. So, yeah. So we had this study at James and Randa's house and it was a big group of us and it was Really cool to see, because um, we all took the test, obviously, and to see kind of each number show up in different people. I really loved that. But I'm going to be honest with you, I was kind of skeptical of this whole thing. So if there's any skeptics out there, I'm with you, or I was with you, but I've kind of changed now. Um, I was just kind of, which 
Oh, I guess I can reveal what I am. I'm seven, so this is typical of a seven, I guess. But mm -hmm. um, I didn't like to be told who I am or like the way I act. Or I thought that I was like, I don't know. I don't like to be put in these, you know, these bounds. I guess you could say. And so I really kind of was skeptical about the whole thing. But through the study we had at their house, I really learned how it is a tool to, um, not only for me to get to know myself and like the shadowy parts of me that I don't ever want to acknowledge that are there, you know, because mm -hmm. we all have those, but also it was a way for me to like see and understand other people. Mm -hmm. And I remember a quote from the book that we read, um, during the group that said, I love people, but I don't understand them. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's, that was like a really good kind of basis for building it was a community builder for me and I really got to understand more people in the group and the way that they see the world and um and I just want to share one quote I'll be quiet so we can go on but um one of the quotes that I love from the book that kind of made me you know be like okay I'll, I'll loosen up to this idea of this Enneagram <clears throat> thing um but it says the Enneagram doesn't put you in a box it shows you the box you're already in and how to get out of it and so I thought that it was putting me in a box but like mm -hmm. this when I read that, I, I like realized, you know, it kind of changed my perspective and realized, you know, it's all about self-awareness and the importance of self-awareness and how when we are all more self-aware, it just makes a better, better world. So, right. Yeah. And what the test does is it gives you like that dominant number. It's like a series of questions that asks you like, is this true or untrue of you? And then it gives you a dominant number, but it also gives you like a number, like two numbers underneath that, like your top three numbers. And what's mm -hmm. so cool is I'm actually also a seven. Yeah, but you are. But Kayton and I, <laughs> Kayton, we're very similar in a lot of ways, but we also, like both of our second numbers are different. Mm -hmm. And so we are different in a lot of ways too. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing I did learn about the Enneagram is, like w another thing I learned too is um, one of the biggest relationship killers is your expectations of people and how you have these high expectations for all these people. But like they're not they're not going to carry out a process the same way that you do. And so your expectations of those people when they don't even really know those expectations or maybe they can't meet them in the way that you want them to meet them, that's like initially when your relationship starts to kind of, you know, fall mm -hmm. apart because you're like, oh, well, I want you to do this. But they're like, no, 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 that's not how I do that. And like that, like yeah. my husband is actually an eight. And so we also, like he learned a lot about himself and then like through our relationship, we also learned a lot about each other and how like we each respond to situations and what we think about things. And so it's just, it's really cool to, you know, just kind of see the world kind of how other people see it because it did kind of shock me a little bit when I was like, oh, like, okay, that person's, you know, this number, like that kind of makes sense. And I like, I'm learning about who they are, like why they respond in those like situations. So mm -hmm. that was cool for me. But what we're going to do is, um, we're going to give an overview tonight. Raina's going to give us an overview because she, you know, is an Enneagram enthusiast slash expert, I think. <laughs> um, and then every week from now on, um, we're going to hopefully get one person from every number to kind of get on just to kind of share their perspective of, you know, what it's like to live as that number kind of and um, how they respond and even like how their working environment is or their relationship environment or stuff like that just to kind of give everyone an idea. So, mm -hmm. um, but without further ado, let's take it away, Randa. Give I us a rundown. Thinking the crazy thing about this is I, I was pregnant with Riley the first time someone ever introduced the Enneagram to me. We were actually in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Love Hilton Head. We were with two other um, couples who are ministers and 
and that they are ministering in other states, but they're dear friends of ours. We all went to seminary together, and we were down there just doing, like, a vacay together. Mm -hmm. And they're like, hey, have you guys taken this test, the Enneagram? And I'm like, what? (laughs) And so we took the test with them, and they were the ones kind of telling us about it. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, but it was just kind of a, like, a dinner conversation starter type thing. Like, we didn't go too in-depth with it. And then flash forward, like, three years later, yeah, probably three years later, um, it kind of popped back up again in my life. And that time, it kind of took, like, more of a grasp, and I started kind of going down the tunnel a little bit more to Mm -hmm. learn about it. And then I was down the rabbit hole before you knew it. (laughs) It's a really really easy rabbit hole to get get down into. Yeah. When you realize the tool that it is, is when it becomes so interesting. Yes. Yes. Sorry, my husband just walked in. (laughs) Hey, Tommy. Yes. And um, I thought I'd start by reading um, just a passage of scripture that we actually opened up the, the book study we did with. Um, the group, and it was from Romans. This is Romans seven fifteen. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, (laughs) if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. And so, yeah, so we talked about just kind of this frustration point that we hit Mm -hmm. with that question of why do I keep doing some of these same things over in my life that I don't want to be doing and the desires to do differently. And so I feel like this tool is a good roadmap to kind of help show us why Mm. we might get caught in some of the same traps. And the more we know about those traps, the more we can do Mm -hmm. something about those and they can hopefully keep us from tripping over ourselves. Continually. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So for sure. So where do we want to start? Let's start with number one. Number one. Okay. So the ones are identified as the perfectionist. Hmm. So, um, we're going to talk about kind of what each number does when they walk into a room, because the idea here is that we all just have different lens at which we look through the world. And so if you imagine putting on glasses of a one and you walk into a room, they're immediately going to see what needs to be fixed. So they're going to look into a room and they're going to see what's, what needs to be fixed here and how can I make this room better? And so what I really love about ones is they're always looking to improve. They Mm -hmm. always see potential for growth. They always believe that things could be better. Mm -hmm. And we need ones in the world to believe that. And they bring a lot of honesty and integrity in the work that they do. And they are hard workers. Mm -hmm. And so those are some things I really appreciate about ones. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're generally very honest. and, um, And so those are values that I think are strong about the one. Now, the struggle with the one is the same thing as the gift. So, uh, for each number, it's kind of like a two-sided coin. On one side is like the blessing, Mm -hmm. and on the other side is the curse. So, the Mm -hmm. blessing of a one is this idea that they come in and they they see areas of improvement. The curse is... Do they go by the reformer? They they also call the reformer, yeah. 
And so they see areas of improvement and ways things can change. And that's a blessing and a gift. But the curse is they also walk in to every room and they see that every mm-hmm. time. And so um, the one is um, the one number that is identified as having this inner self-critic mm. voice that's on and is hard to shut off. And so just as much as they are trying to improve the world and seeing the imperfections in the world, they are also hearing that inner critic. And it is also talking about their imperfections mm-hmm. and ways they continue to need to improve themselves, which can be a struggle. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is so interesting to me, too, because I feel like it's, I don't know, like the one is the only number to have like that inner critic. And like, I just, I don't know, that's, it, my aunt is a one, and also one of my best friends is a one. And they're always like, they're very like goal oriented. They're very, you know, good. Like, I'm a big procrastinator. And that would drive them crazy because they want to get things done in like a goal-oriented, timely manner. And it's because of that inner critic that's telling them to keep doing that. Whereas me, I don't have that inner critic. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'll just put on the back burner and get it done next week. Yeah. And ones are very thorough. They follow the rules generally if the rules are right and just. And um, so, you know, we can appreciate that about ones, that they bring that kind of honor and that ability to, to live kind of just moral and integrity-led lives. But the price they pay for that is Mm -hmm. a lot of harsh um, talk from that inner critic that kind of drives them. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's hard for them to cling to the truth that they're loved by God no matter what, you know, Mm -hmm. in spite of any imperfections they have and accepting their imperfections. So I'm a nine, and I lean hard to the one. Okay. So I have a large one wing. And so I have to kind of fight against that one wing a lot when I procrastinate or put something off, which is my nineness, because it won't be done perfectly. Like in my head, I want it perfect. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to do the draft. I want the final piece. Mm-hmm. And so that can be a hard thing um, yeah. for me when I'm dealing with my one mm-hmm. stuff. Um, all right. Let's go on to number two. Twos. All right. So twos. The helper, right? Yes. Twos have been. My sister's a two. Identified as the helper. They've been called the befriender or the giver. Those are some other Mm. names. And we all love twos if you think about who the twos are in your life because they walk into the room and they see, like, who needs, who is need, like, who needs something, Mm -hmm. uh, who's in need in this room. And so they gravitate towards people. They're great at, um, building relationships so twos are really warm and inviting and um people love hanging out with them that people feel valued when they're in their presence they Mm -hmm. feel taken care of when they're around them Mm -hmm. and twos are like intrinsically good at predicting what you need before you ask so then Mm -hmm. that like just blows people away even more because a two walks in the room and is already taking care of you in ways you haven't even thought to ask yet Mm -hmm. so that's the gift Right, the gift that they are able to go into a room and see who is who needs something and how they can serve and how they can help. The curse to that is they feel like they only have value when they are needed. Mm-hmm. So they can struggle with that that lie. They need that, to be appreciated. Yeah, to love is to be needed by someone. And so in that same way, they walk into a room looking for who needs something. It's also this kind of curse of feeling like. They know what everyone needs before they ask and um, that they know better about others' needs than the mm-hmm. people themselves. 
so they can kind of get caught up in that pride of mm-hmm. of knowing what others need better than themselves, and then also not asking for what they need and mm-hmm. letting they kind of like neglect them. that. Do they yeah. neglect their own yes. like feelings? Mm-hmm. You were high in a two, right, Kaitan? Yeah, that's my second highest one. Yeah, yeah, seven and two. So you relate to that a lot of that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. <clears throat> I do. I, it's so crazy because if you go through all of these, there's parts of all of them that I like. Mm-hmm. Relate to a little bit. You know, I relate to a little bit. But definitely I feel like, um, I don't know, sometimes like if you want to live a servant, you know, like we're called to live servant-filled lives, of course. And so I feel like it's very easy to fall into the um, unhealthy parts of Mm -hmm. this number. When you like, you know what I mean? You have to be on guard with that a lot. Yeah. But it's really cool to go through these numbers and... You know, I've only gone through two, but to see that with every number, there's that coin that you're talking about, mm-hmm. the flip, and that we all have, like, God has gifted us all with this, like, you know, gift, and we're all different, and that's what's so beautiful about it, but there's also, like, ways to improve, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's really cool to see how each and every number has that, that flip, so. Right. Like, how, like, basically, like, this is a gift that you've been given, like you mm-hmm. said. Like, are you going to use this gift to glorify God, yes. or are you going to let it kind of, like, destroy yes. you a little bit when it's, like, that curse side, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the one u- unique thing about the Enneagram that I like, aside from other personality assessments that I, because I've done a lot just in my field with counseling. I think they're interesting just to understand humanity and people and how we think and act and behave and you know, other personality inventories, a lot of them are built or designed to kind of highlight your strengths or highlight mm-hmm. all the, like, flashy things about your personality. Um, and I feel like the Enneagram, while it does, you know, identify the, the ways in which, like, you can show up in the world and be a gift to the world, it also exposes, yes. like, that shadow side in the ways that we need to be aware of that we show up in the world that we not are not always aware of and that is the things that could be like keeping us out of relationship with people or keeping us from being authentic or vulnerable and you know because we're trying to keep those things covered and right expose Mm -hmm. those weaknesses which is crazy because I feel like one of our friends that was in the group he was a two and he like made a comment to me one time he was like I hate how accurate this personality test was of me and I hate how like it did expose those things that like I don't really like those emotions because twos are like more emotional Mm -hmm. like one of the more emotional numbers he was like I hate how it kind of exposed that more emotional side that I don't really let a lot of people see yeah and so I thought that was you know really crazy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right have your number do what? It's like someone's got your number. <laughs> I know. It's crazy to like when you read the descriptions, like yeah. how accurate a lot of it is. Mm-hmm. You're like, wait a second. Yeah. Did you write this book about me? Or <laughs> um, all right, number three, the achiever. Yeah. So the achiever, um, they walk into a room and they are usually looking to see like how can I make this the most productive use of my time? Like they're gonna walk in the room and see like who do I need to talk to? Like who do I need to be seen by? How do I work the room in mm-hmm. the most successful way possible? And so they're going to walk in with a different lens than another number. So just like the one walks in and is looking for things that need to be improved, a three is coming in looking at something totally different. And the thing that we love about threes is that they're hard workers. They go, go, go till they drop. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very productive. They're very... Um, success-minded and oriented, so they're looking at how do I achieve the goals that I've set out to achieve for myself, so very Mm -hmm. goal-oriented, 
task oriented often they're checking off the list the to-do list they're getting things done and I think that's a lot of what we love about threes because they we know that they're gonna get the job done like and um, they and they care about getting it done well um, the thing about threes too is they're very image conscious two threes and fours are are image aware like aware of how other people see them mm-hmm. but threes especially um, are aware of their image and how they are putting themselves out in the world so they're already kind of thinking about like who do I need to network with who do I need to talk to like to get to the next thing this is a common uh, poly- like politician number could be. Yeah. I could see I was just how thinking it would that. be. Yeah. Yeah. I can look at here and see what like the careers are. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they, I mean, they do, they walk, they walk in and they can almost like a chameleon adapt to the setting. Mm-hmm. Like they can become like whatever they need to be in that room to be the most successful of that room, like in that room or to make the most, again, productive use of their time in the room. So mm-hmm. if they need to walk in and kind of take over and entertain, like they're going to do that. They need to walk in and, and present in a different way. They can do that too. Mm-hmm. This says politics, career. Really? Oh yes, yeah. I was thinking about that. Yeah, this is funny. And yeah. then on, in one of the things I'm looking at, it says I could persuade Bill Gates to buy a Big Mac. Yes, that's so, funny. Yeah. They're great at selling because, again, they they don't mind to have the spotlight on them. Actually, they thrive on that. And so, whereas other numbers may not be as comfortable with that, threes are like totally fine with the spotlight being on them. <clears throat> And when they're healthy, they can do a lot of good when mm-hmm. the spotlight is on them. Um, but the flip side of that coin, right, mm-hmm. of oh, the yeah. three, is um, because they don't mind to step in and to be in the spotlight and they strive to achieve their goals and to reach success, um, their their struggle can often be with deception. So they can be deceiving in putting mm-hmm. forth the image or the mask that you want them mm-hmm. to be that's going to be the most successful or, or get the most accomplished for them. And so they lose sight of kind of who they are at the core. So they even can deceive themselves I was going to ask in that. a way because they're becoming like whoever they need to be in the room or in the space that they're feeling. And so they kind of lose some of that sense of, of who they are and are less authentic sometimes than other numbers. Hmm. Yeah. All right. I love, I'm very intrigued by this next number. Okay. Number yeah, four. It is intriguing. <laughs> the individual list. I love that you said that. It says the romantic here. Is also Oh, really? <clears throat> yeah, they can wow. be, the, the fours are identified as like the romanticist or the individualist. Can I tell you that the four was my lowest Enneagram number? Really? It was the one that I relate <laughs> I to the least. This is so intriguing. Yes, yeah. The, in, uh, the individualist or the romanticist, they, um, they walk into the room and their eye goes to like what's uniquely different in mm. this room. Like they're gonna spot the the beauty of something abstract that no one's noticed. Um, they're also going to try to show up in the room and be. It's really important to them for, that they're authentic, that they are themselves, and um, that they have like true deep conversations with mm-hmm. other people who are also authentic mm. and. So they can, yeah, walk into a room and, and go to a corner and have, like, a four-hour conversation with one person and go really deep, and they would love that. Mm-hmm. And other numbers would hate that. Um, but the thing about the fours is that often they feel like they don't fit in in this world. And so kind of this deep longing that everyone seems to have it together, but I'm different, and mm-hmm. I don't know what it is that they have, but I kind of envy or want that. 
And so that's kind of the thing that I think they struggle with is they, they love that they are unique and they are themselves and they are completely authentic in who they are. But on the flip side of that coin, they feel like they don't fit in. Like mm-hmm. they weren't like this world is not their home. Like right? misunderstood. Misunderstood. Yeah. yeah. Just that um, at the core of kind of who they are, people don't get it. Um, One thing I remember like when we did our group about the four is that the fours are very comfortable sitting in grief with people, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting. Like they talked about there's someone on like our church staff who's a four. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to like doing the hospital visits and stuff like that, like he's a hundred percent okay just sitting with that person in the hospital mm-hmm. room. And he like, it almost like it's comfortable for him to sit in that, mm-hmm. you know, like space where we're to like a lot of other people. That's like a very like out of my comfort zone kind of thing to do. Is this a common number for like artists? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this number is one of like, a lot of them are like this, but this number specifically, when you hear the traits of this number, you're like, I know that, I know that, you know, like, mm-hmm. I know a person like that. It's mm-hmm. very, like, specific and... Yeah. Unique. Unique, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And fours experience really strong emotions, and so they can kind of get lost in the sea of emotions. Like, they mm-hmm. can, like, come on, like, waves, and... Um, the beauty of that is they, they feel really strongly and can mm-hmm. feel really passionately, but at the same time, they can get drowned in their feelings at mm-hmm. times. Um, but they can sit with a lot of different types of feelings, too, and where other numbers might get squirmy and want to run, like, they can sit. Yeah, me. Yeah, and seven. Who wants to dodge all emotion? <laughs> all pain. Get away. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Fours love, aesthetic, like, the aesthetics of things. They mm-hmm. love a beautiful sunset. They love a beautiful piece of art. They love music like their eyes just go towards these really beautiful unique unique creative things yeah and which i like see envy. the uniqueness in that i'll yeah. see that way it or says uh, vincent van gogh mm-hmm. was a four okay Ooh, so, there see, you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right moving right along to number five i can't tell you i don't know any fives i don't think i don't think i've met a five is this the most like rare type or do you know that I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I remember, like, they say fours, but I heard fours are, like, the rare type. Mm -hmm. But fives, um, the observers, or the investigators, as Mm -hmm. they are called. Yeah. Um, I think because they're in a withdrawn stance, and they spend a lot of time um, accumulating knowledge and learning about new things, um, it might be harder to figure out when you've come across a five in your life. but. Yeah, fives walk into a room, and they're observing, right? So they're going to walk in and observe everything. They're taking in all the different, just the dynamics of the room. Who's in there? Where do, where do they need to place themselves? Um, oftentimes, they're not walking into a room to engage the room. Yeah. <laughs> they're walking into the room to kind of assess what's there and find where they need to go so that they can feel maybe the most comfortable um, or who they could talk to, that they would know something about that person to talk to them about. Because their comfort is knowing, and so they are on a, a long and deep search of knowledge. Mm. So. I did read in this book, it talks about like a, just a dinner party as an example of what each number says. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you get to the dinner party, the five is like, I just want to go home and read my book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're not really into short talk and... Just chit My lepidoptera. Lepidoptera. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but... But if you could talk to a five at a dinner party about something they're really into, then they could go there, like, with you and have really good discussion if you could keep up with 
them because mm-hmm. they're going to know a lot on the topic. And mm-hmm. that's the thing is fives just love to know things. So they go down lots of rabbit holes of learning more about things. And the thing about the kind of the flip side, the curse to like their search of knowing is they accumulate all this knowledge, but they kind of hoard it to themselves or they can be like at risk of kind of keeping it and not giving it away. And so um, the thing that they kind of struggle with, it says is like greed, but like in, not in the way that they're like greedy. They're just, they feel like there's not enough resources. Mm. And so they accumulate all the knowledge that they have, um, but they also accumulate like their energy. <laughs> they accumulate their alone time, like they in a way that they feel like it's going to run out of, of resources if they give it away. So they're really guarded about their energy level, like how much time they're around people, mm-hmm. how much they're expending themselves. And so um, I think that the thing they have to struggle with is that they're so wise often and knowledgeable, but they often have to work against just keeping it to themselves because mm-hmm. um, the gift is that they're able to give that knowledge and share it with the world, right? Because mm-hmm. they have brilliant minds often. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I feel like our five, I think I read in here that fives are most likely professors or... Yeah, yeah I was mm-hmm. thinking that, like... Yeah. Like, really knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Is it common, this might be wrong, but is it common for them to be kind of, like, introverted and, mm-hmm. like, to be alone, that kind of thing? Yeah. 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 Very secretive. Because they would, they too. would be content at home with their books and mm. just reading and reading. Right. right. And acquiring more of that knowledge. And so the challenge for them is to get out. Mm-hmm. And take what they've learned and share it with the world because they've got a lot to offer. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. This is fun. I feel like I'm on a journey. I'm a, I'm a train rider. So have you heard of the Bible Project? Yes. The shout I'm, out Bible Project. Yes. Um, the creators I love of the, the Bible, Bible Project. Project are fives. Oh, really? And so they talk about... Like, that makes sense why their artistic drawings are so like elaborate. Yes. And yeah, and I really like it. And I've heard like on a it. podcast and they did a really awesome interview just about how they had a love for knowledge and a love for the Bible and a love for That's God's cool. word. And then they were like, how can we give this... Away yeah. in a way that's going to reach the world, and so they have these really cool a healthy five. Yeah, they have these really cool <laughs> artistic demonstrations. That sure yeah, they're possible. amazing. Yeah, it's like mesmerizing for five minutes. She'll they'll tell the whole story of Joshua. Like I just watched Joshua, <laughs> and it's like in five minutes, and they draw it all out. It's just yes. so crazy, but it's so interesting. Something yeah. I could not do, but mm-hmm. I enjoy watching. Um, all right, number lucky number six. Lucky number six. This was my loyalist, loyalist number. <laughs> Really? I'm not very loyal, so. (laughs) (laughs) The loyalist. Uh, This is where I go in stress as a nine, so I can resonate with a lot of this number's description. But I also love sixes just in life. Mm -hmm. They're hilarious, usually, like the people that I know that are sixes. Um, But they walk into a room, and they're immediately looking to see what are the safety and security factors, Mm -hmm. issues that I need to, that my eye is going to go towards. So, the things I wouldn't even think about, they're going to walk in and pay attention to. So like, where are the exits, Where are the right? exits? I remember you yes, saying that one time. where are the exit signs? They get on an airplane. They're, like, checking and, like, looking at where's the first aid kit? Where is this? Where is that? Um, and their mind's just calculating, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And so they're already thinking through worst-case scenarios and coming up with a plan. Hmm. And so that's a gift to the world because they're actually really good at like problem solving mm-hmm. and working under crisis. So like when a crisis ensues, like you want to six around because they've already thought of how they would handle this situation. Mm-hmm. 
But the curse to that is they live kind of a um, anxious life. Mm-hmm. Like they've got to always work against the fear that, and the anxiety that's kind of coming at them because they're always asking those security questions and worst case scenarios. Um, so they're living in a lot of what ifs, which could keep you highly elevated and anxious, right? And so they've got to work on um, kind of living in a trust and security that, that God's got them and that God is gonna provide for mm-hmm. them protect you know, protect them yeah so they're great friends um they're loyal companions um if they trust you they will follow you to the end because they're loyal like that but if they don't trust you watch out good luck <laughs> <laughs> yes because they might become the devil's advocate towards you of just like you know that's the thing is if they trust authority that they're under they will follow that authority faithfully and loyally if they don't trust that authority, then they're going to push up against and mm-hmm. take some steps to call out their concerns or their questions. Um, but as far as, like, the way that they kind of see the world, they're always looking out for, like, the common good, kind of what is the best for yeah. society? Like, mm-hmm. what is the best for, for this community, for these people? So you see sixes often kind of fighting injustices and doing a lot of social advocacy type stuff. Um, They might run a rescue or they might have a certain mission that they're really passionate about because they are always like fighting for the underdog and for people who are marginalized or left out. And so that's another gift that they bring. One of our friends, Claire, she's a six. I know, I kept thinking about Claire And she, like, (laughs) it says in this book that sixes are, a lot of them are in healthcare. Um, and she is, mm-hmm. she's actually going to be a PA, but she's so good. And like any kind of like, we'll be on a retreat and some kid will fall down and you know, something will happen. And Claire is right there immediately mm-hmm. diagnosing the situation and kind of, you know, solving the problem and fixing it. And that's see, like something me that's would really... be the opposite. I'm like, Oh, I don't know what to do. Run away. Gonna, gonna run away. <laughs> yeah. It's that, see, if you think about it like that, it shows you that like, you know, God has blessed us each with a gift. Right. We're all, all wired. A different yeah. Way. We all are. Yeah. yeah. Which is really funny too, because I'm a seven and I wing to an eight, but there are parts of me that are six that I've kind of, you know, like seen lying under the surface, like being prepared, like mm-hmm. something that I'm like, I feel like when I go on a trip, like I am very prepared. I pack water. I pack I Advil. <laughs> opposite. I'm like, oops, I forgot everything. Guess I gotta go to Walmart. <laughs> I'm, like, always pack, I pack my pillow, my blanket, just in case there's not, you know, like, I always, like, have what I need. Yeah, there's, like, a joke that everything you need is in a six's purse. Like, mm-hmm. if you're, like, oh if you're a girl gosh. and you had a purse, like, it's in their purse. My like, yeah. six, it's, like, yes, painkiller, yeah. like, you need Tylenol, you need a Band-Aid, yeah. you need Gum. hand sanitizer, you need Pepto Bismol. They have thought of literally everything that you might Chewy need. Mars, I always yes. have those. And that's why you love sixes, because they always come prepared. Mm-hmm. They show up ready, um... <clears throat> And they can, yeah, they have usually what you need. I have a friend, someone I know who's a six, and this was totally unrelated to the Enneagram. We weren't even talking about it, but she was talking to me about how she was on her way to work, and, like, a school bus had, like, was, like, pulled over on the side of the road, like, had a kind of a a wreck of some sort. Mm. And she stops, runs out of her car onto the school bus to, like, check and make sure. And, like, as she's telling me the story, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, I would never uh, yeah. do that. But, yeah. like, her, she absolutely so funny. would do that. Like, mm-hmm. she didn't think twice. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Right. Because sixes, like, under crisis are going to move to action. And so they push past that fear, um, which is really beautiful. So oh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Cool. That's cool. 
That's really cool. All right, on to the best number of the Enneagram. That's right. <laughs> Seven. Yes. Just kidding. Because you're badly <laughs> represented. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny that you and I are both sevens. I know. That's our best friends. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. So sevens, the enthusiast. The enthusiast Ooh, or yeah. the adventurer. Ooh, are the good time in the room. Yes. Oh, they yeah. walk into the room. What do you guys, what do your eyes go towards when the you party. go into a room? The party. Fun. Hey, yes. where, where is the fun the in act, this the, room? The action. Yes. The positivity. The positive. Yeah. Where, so yeah. What's exciting in here? What's going on in here? Like what are, what's the possibility in this room, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sevens are always walking in and look in their eyes going towards that. Is this stimulating? Is this exciting? Is this fun? And if it's not, you might check out. You might be like, peace to bye. bye. <laughs> oh, this is boring. <laughs> but we love sevens because they bring life to the room. Like you bring a youthfulness about just your presence that just carries off this like tone and uh, atmosphere of like lightheartedness too of like let's not bring anything too heavy to this room and let's like all just have a good time mm-hmm. and, and I think that's what the world loves about sevens is they they anticipate when a seven walks into the room this is going to be fun right but kind of the curse right of that is for ones there's this pressure I think for sevens when they walk into the room that I'm supposed to be fun every time I walk into the room or I'm supposed to be exciting or stimulating when I walk into a room because the people expect that from you. And mm-hmm. that can that can be hard on days when you just want to walk into a room and be and have a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. and maybe it is a hard day. Um, the other thing is because sevens love just like pursuing life to the fullest and all of the fun in life, um, they can pursue that at the expense of avoiding pain. And so um the curse to that is like sevens have a hard time dealing with hard times mm-hmm. they, by fears by worries yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so if things get too hard or things get too like down or discouraging like your mind automatically reframes to something more positive or you're going to think of something fun to do because that's yeah. how you are in the world like that's kind of your automatic response so sometimes for sevens what they have to do is think okay, what am I running from right now? Why do I want to go? Why do I want to get out of the country right now? <laughs> like, Oopsie. what's going on in my life <laughs> right now that makes me want to jump on a plane and escape here? Because something might be going on right now that you need to look at or, like, evaluate or, like, pay attention to. And it might be mm. painful, but it's important. Mm. And so yeah. Be um, I remember when we were doing the study, you said that sevens are like the only number that still have their childlike wonder. Yes. And I feel like that like resonated with that a lot because Tommy, <laughs> my husband always says that I'm like a kid. He's like, you act like a kid. You act like a kid. <laughs> and I was like, that's so weird. Like, I feel like I'm just very, you know, like optimistic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then like when I found that out, I was like, oh, there you go. Like I'm, I have sense. my childlike wonder inside of me and yeah. I'm always, you know, like I'm very imaginative. And mm-hmm. I think what's amazing is I thought about this the other day. I don't know why. I was just randomly thinking, though, like, sixes, they think, like, what if, worst-case scenario, okay? Sevens think, what if, best-case scenario. (laughs) Like, they go, what if we just took this and made it this? Boom. And, like, everyone's like, (laughs) everyone's like, that would be awesome, (laughs) you know? Like, and that's what we love about sevens is, like, they're dream. they're, like, always dreaming of, like, infinite possibility. Mm -hmm. And so when you start to limit that, like, that can be, like, a just a major like buzzkill for mm-hmm. a seven. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm dreaming here. Like, 
let's keep dreaming, you know, but you need other people around you too to help like make those dreams become reality. And yeah. Right. That Be realistic. That's the biggest thing I related to with the seven was the limitations, the confines, the, I hate all of that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like being put in any, like, don't tell me what to do. Don't control me. Like, Committing yeah. to things. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, what, yeah. that's a good thing and mm-hmm. also can be a bad thing. So yeah. there's that like corny you, thing again. The, like the friend, if a friend texts you or something and it's like, Hey, what are you doing on Friday? You're like, Oh, I don't know. Cause you don't want to commit to something unless like, what yeah. if, mm-hmm. like if it's a Tuesday and they text you, you're like, Oh, well, what if Wednesday something comes along yeah. and I want to do that one more. Or, or you like, commit to all of them at the yeah. same time. You're like, oops, I committed to three things at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <they're>, yeah. <laughs> Which is what Cajun does. Yes, said, like only a seven would be invited to five parties in one night and go to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'll be here for 30 minutes. I'll be here for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because sevens are the one number that they say struggle with FOMO the worst. The fear of missing out. So it's like if there's five parties tonight and they all potentially have something fun to offer, like I'm not gonna miss one of those. Right. Like, no, I'm gonna go to all five and (laughs) get a little bit of everything. (laughs) See which one's the best. Stay at that one the longest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good old sevens. Love all those sevens. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, all right, let's move on to the eights. The eights. The hard eights. My husband's an eight. <laughs> My husband's an eight. There you go. So the eights. <laughs> <laughs> you just wait. Your mom. Your mom's an eight. My mom's an eight. Yeah. So the eights are the challengers. Um, and the eights are generally, like, they show up in the world and you know it's an eight. Like, they're the, probably mm-hmm. the most visible as far as the number that they are. I knew Tommy was an eight before he even took the test. Yeah, because as you start reading through the descriptions, people can, like, easily identify eights. The rest of the numbers, they might have someone in mind, but they're not sure. Um, but eights, because eights are pretty much what you see is what you get. Um, but they walk into the room, and they are immediately kind of assessing, like, who like who has the power in this room? Where's the authority? And is, is someone in charge here? <laughs> in this room and so if someone isn't in charge in that room or it's chaos or it's out of order like they're just gonna immediately assume charge like and take on that role because that's the first thing their eye goes to Mm -hmm. and so they're often identified as like leaders um because they're comfortable with leading and actually they prefer to lead um and if they don't trust the leadership that's in the room or they feel like it's not competent for some reason then they're going to, like, say, get out of my way. <laughs> like, I'm going to lead. Like, mm-hmm. And that's part of what they have to watch because, like, the blessing is they do have a lot of leadership um, skills and a lot of kind of power and authority Very that confident. they carry. Yeah. They have, they're known to be, like, the, have the most energy of every number. So they have all this inner energy. People, like, describe them as, like, dyn- dynamite. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, because they are, like, they kind of, just barrel into a room with all that Steam energy. Roll. They just like come in with all that energy and it's like moving towards you. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of other numbers, that intensity is like overwhelming. Yeah, they that intent that intensity can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they are usually just confident in who they are, that that can also be intimidating for other numbers too. So, um, so they have to be mindful of that, the curse of that just being overwhelming, mm-hmm. like overbearing or intimidating. And, and taking on, like, the leadership role in a moment that is not there, like not theirs to take on or assuming kind of control of a room when it's not mm-hmm. the appropriate time to do that. So 
Um, eights in health are really, I think, powerful and influential people because they carry with them a lot of passion. They have like a lot of vigor for life, um, but they have to kind of keep that in check, and that's hard because they are um, all about kind of defending the weak or the vulnerable, and so they are always looking kind of to be the defender or the protector of others, mm -hmm. and so challenger in their description is like they are not going to back down if they sense that something some injustice is occurring they're going to challenge that and we need people like that in the mm -hmm, world to mm -hmm. show up and to speak out on those injustices um and so that's the gift that they can bring but because they're so passionate so kind of dominating just in their presence like you don't they don't even have to say anything they can walk in a room and the room feels it because mm -hmm. that is just what they carry in the room, they have to use that um, wisely and mm. keep it in kind of some control. Mm -hmm. yes. Being married to an eight, uh, we talk about this a lot because I'm a nine and we'll get there, but we're very different in our numbers. And so for a long time, his his style of being in the world was like so different from mine that once I realized what an eight looked like, and it made so much sense to me, I'm mm -hmm. like, Okay, so I get like some of this understanding energy. Yeah, yeah I get That's some so of good this, about this passion yeah, yeah, yeah. that you have, and like your intensity. Just because maybe you're talking louder, mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're mad. It just means yep. you're passionate, and like you're intense in this moment. So, Listen, preach yeah. it. Mm -hmm. What I love about eights is, well, what I have grown to love about eights. I did not like it at first. Was um, how they played devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. because as a seven I feel like I have an opinion and I want people on my side and I'm like hey like this is such a good idea right this is a good idea but like my husband is an eight and he'll say no 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 but like what about this side and I'm like no not that side you are on my side we are married you are on my side he's like no 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 no. but this this can happen too kind of thing and so it just like make it's like I've grown to love that because it makes me think like I'm so one-minded like one direct you know I'm like just I'm about having fun. I'm about being optimistic. And a lot of times I don't slow down enough to actually look at the different perspective, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's something I think is a blessing. That's good. Yeah. And I love, I love about eights that they're like truth, truth tellers. Like mm -hmm. they're Genuine. not afraid to tell the truth, like it or not like it. Um, and they're pretty like authentic in how they show up in the world. So like a lot of people will get like threes and eights confused or they'll be like, I'm not sure if I'm a three or an eight because they have some similar presentation but like where a three walks in and adapts to the room an eight's not mm -hmm. gonna adapt or mold to a room like an eight's gonna show up and be themselves no matter the room they walk into and so right. you can appreciate that about about that number and I think some of us you know we see that and we're like I wish I could mm -hmm. do I could be a little more authentic how I right. show up in a room mm -hmm. like they are able to do that yeah mm -hmm. Eights are very, like, they're not afraid of conflict. They're not afraid of confrontation or, yep. you know, anything like that. And they're very realistic. Mm -hmm. And that is one thing as a seven, you know, like you said, like, they do, sevens do need people to be like. To it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they need, you know, I'm very optimistic. And a lot of times I just need someone realistic to kind of hone me back in. Like, yeah. hey, this is, you know, how are you really going to carry out this mission? Like, we need to think logistics here, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's where I, like, appreciated the Enneagram in my marriage, like with James, understanding that challengers see conflict 
as like growing closer to one another because you're struggling through this together and coming out on the other end closer. Mm-hmm. And in my life, I had never viewed conflict as a productive thing right. or as a way that you came closer because of it. And so just even understanding that difference in how you see conflict and how you see the world. So that was really kind of an eye opener for us. Yeah. Final number nine. The peacemakers, which is so easy for you to talk about because you yourself are a peacemaker. Yeah. So the peacemakers, the nine, um, we walk into the room and I'm generally getting, I'm feeling the like temperature of the room. Like, are we all good here (laughs) or is there tension? Mm -hmm. Is there conflict? Is there something not feeling right? Like between some, you know, I'm always looking at, uh, is there, is there conflict in the room? Or are we harm? Is there harmony? Are we all good mm-hmm. here? And nines desire harmony, so I'm always looking to bring the peace or to create the peace. Um, so the gift of that, I think, nines are generally like easygoing. Um, they're kind of open to hear and like receptive to listen to other people's perspectives. And for a long time, I didn't realize that that was a gift, but. People would just share their opinions or their struggles mm-hmm. or their thoughts, and um, it were it was easy to just listen and talk to them. Um, I think the gift for a nine is we can see a bunch of different perspectives and see where a lot of different people are coming from. And so, as it's I, not like that the one number that can actually like step into the shoes of every number and yeah. see where they're coming from. Yeah, and that's why I think I grew to love this tool so much too, is because I just love knowing about people. And I loved learning about every number. And I listened to a podcast one time, and they were they were saying, do you know, like, the highest numbers that listen to our podcast? It was an Enneagram podcast. And they were, like, nines and ones. And they are like, why really? do you think that is? And they were like, well, ones, because they want to perfect themselves. Like, right, they want to learn, like, how can I become better? Like, how can I grow? Mm-hmm. And nines, like, we want to understand everyone's. You know, like, everyone's perspective and where everyone is coming from so that we can all, like, do this life together better. Peacefully. Peacefully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I generally um, avoid conflict. Nines tend to avoid conflict because we don't, we're not comfortable in that. So, that's kind of the curse, I think, is we want to bring the peace, but sometimes the expense of that is we don't engage or enter into conflict when it is Mm -hmm. needed or speak up and assert ourselves because we would prefer to keep the peace. So that's something I have to be intentional about in my life. And we can also get too comfortable. Like I love being cozy, like Mm -hmm. being comfy under like a blanket on the couch, like all my comforts, like I can kind of cling to them and they can like narcotize, right? Like they can kind of numb like out all the conflicts or the like struggles that I'm dealing with internally or externally. And so nines have to be careful of that because we'll kind of like put ourselves to sleep mm-hmm. because everything's so stressful. Mm-hmm. And so the thing that nines have to really work on is showing up and like waking up and asserting themselves in their world or in their life. Um, and that might mean enter into, entering into a conflict, but they're like the best equipped to do so because they can see different perspectives and try to help bridge people's like disagreements or different, Mediate, right? different opinions or different views and kind of come to some kind of peaceful resolve, mm-hmm. which I love. So, and that was why I even hosted like the 
Enneagram, our small group, was because I was like, I think this would be a great tool for everyone to kind of know mm-hmm. one another better and like just to even create community in the church, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're doing ministry, we're doing life together, mm-hmm. and we're not all seeing through the same lens. And so when we can appreciate that God's created us all differently and in unique ways and we all see the world in different ways, then we can kind of have greater grace for Mm -hmm. one another when we don't understand the way that someone is maybe living or being in the world. But we can understand that God's got, like, the grace to extend to all of us. And we're all on this journey, this pursuit towards Him. And so we can do that in community together the better we know ourselves. And one another. That's yeah. I think that's the bottom line of it all. And that's mm-hmm. something I really learned to that group was like just the beauty of like, you know, and some someone in your circle or whatever might be doing something that you don't really quite understand. But like when you see that everybody has a different lens, it it just makes you realize how beautiful it all is and how we're all needed. Like if the world was full of sevens, it wouldn't be complete. Or if the, right. you know what I mean? Like it needs mm-hmm. every single number to complete it and that's why you said give grace, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you can give grace to people because you understand that, you know, it needs all of us, you mm-hmm. know, and when we're in our healthy state, you know, yeah, it can be a powerful community. Right. Just yeah. like when it says like an eye, like what does it say in the Bible about what the, every part of the body is needed in order for the body to work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah. there you have it, people. Numbers one through nine. Uh, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was fun. It is, like, fun to talk about, like, when you start, and that's, like, when you, like, are, like, self-aware, kind of what we've talked about, about your number, and you can, like, have a conversation with someone about the Enneagram, and, like, Mm -hmm. it's just, like, really fun to just, like, talk about, Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. And I, and that's the, like, last thing I'll share is I had to do some work over this myself, because um, I think some numbers might think it's selfish to do Mm -hmm. a lot of self-reflection, or a lot of, like, inner work on understanding self-awareness, like, they might see that as like I'm thinking too much of myself or looking too much at myself. But I think if you take it from the framework of we're created in the image of God and God's created us and to know how he's gifted and wired us and purposed us in this life, we have to know mm-hmm. who he's made us to be. Mm-hmm. And and when we can look inward to that and see how he's created us and to see those things, then we can live more boldly and confidently and lean even further into Jesus as, you know, our Savior and realize that it's so much more than about us. Mm -hmm. It's finding Him in us and bringing that out into the world. It's like putting ourselves in a position to glorify God the best that we can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Wow, well, Randa, thank you for being on the podcast today. Thanks this was so fun. A clap. You are for sure an Enneagram expert. I don't oh, care. Sure, you what were going. She says. wasn't even looking at. Anything. No, she has no books in that front of her. She's her literally mind. just like talking from her brain. Yeah, that was great. So, was um, but we hope that you all enjoyed learning about all the Enneagram numbers. What we're gonna do? I'm actually gonna attach the Enneagram test to this post, and so um, if anyone hasn't taken the test, you can take the test and kind of know what your number is or if you have um taken the test and you know your number it'd be great for you to kind of share like some things maybe that you like resonated with like with what Randa was saying so um but next week is going to be awesome we're going to have a one on the podcast we're going to kick it off with the ones and we're going to learn about the reformer and kind of everything that goes along with that number so um catch us next week on Sundays at 7